The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. This is the Anime Roundtable Canada on this Saturday evening, January 8th. 2022. You can contact us online on the web, animeroundtable.com, Twitter and Instagram at animeroundtable, and email animeroundtable at gmail.com. Good evening from Toronto. Akimashite omodeto gozaimasu. Mike Nicholas, James Austin, Kevin Ng, and Mohamed Shimarki here for the first roundtable of 2022. Jeff is still enjoying the new year. Akimashite omodeto. Or maybe not. I don't think he's totally crossed over yet. Okay. Happy New Year, guys. So where do you want to go? Where do you want to start this evening? Well, from what I understand, Mike, uh, from what I've been learning about 2022 is NFTs are going to be a big thing. See, suddenly... God, I hope so. Did you know, Mo, if you like put some more money back into that GameStop, uh, GameStop uh, stock, the meme stock, you're going to make even more money by the end of the year if that uh, thing goes well for them, where they're going to have an NFT marketplace and get rid of all their Funko Pops and have screens uh, where those used to be selling NFTs to kids for Christmas. The longer and you'll this... be able to build your own uh, Cineplex. The longer this NFT crypto um, thing continues, the harder the crash is going to be. Well, <laughs> because the we all know that. The crash is coming, guys. We know it's coming, right? It's crazy because you look at a few things on that because all the game developers have been talking about going into it, even the Japanese ones the last few weeks, like Square Enix. The only good thing we can tell Jeff is this, that Sega has changed their position and said, depending on how the consumers feel, we may back away from NFTs. So we just have to be loud with them so we don't see any Sonic ones. But the NFTs? NFTs are fucking stupid. People should not be buying them. And they, what, what, are, they, they are terrible on principle and that uses up way too many resources. Like, get this shit out of here. My question is, can you stop it? Well, no, of course I can't stop it. The longer it continues, like, the way it is now, it's never going to stop. It's just crazy that people in these industries think they can just force it down the consumer's throat, and it's like how long it takes before they finally see the numbers and say it's not going to work. Because, for example, the GameStop uh, marketplace, they were talking about NFTs that they've already got off the ground. They already got a splash site. 
this came from uh, the Wall Street Journal. They were the ones reporting on it. And the reason that them and others were looking is supposedly wide-eyed. There's uh, NFT marketplace uh, like OpenSea and the OpenSea one. They were valuing that at $13.3 billion for valuation. And I don't even know how they got that number. I feel like that number, they just threw a dart at a dartboard. And that's how they're making these valuations and these decisions. They're I, I, not I, making off anything off logic. I'm, I'm pretty sure they picked that out of a hat, James. I was about to say, isn't that how most of these things go regardless? The real thing is what happens in 60 years when we walk into the Art Gallery of Ontario, the AGO, and they don't have any art on the walls, but just an NFT version of the art. And then we're still saying the same thing. And then we look like the crazy old people. We already do, and that's when I'll stop going to the museum. Anyway, but no, it's uh, definitely been uh, it will be a ride to watch that in twenty twenty two, won't it? Mm. Yeah, well, maybe just a in my case, maybe just a dip of a toe. But uh, considering my uh, my luck, I ain't diving. But I think the other one I was thinking that was funny that I'm not sure if you saw it more, Kevin, but uh, Gordon Ramsay got the year off going to a good uh, start, I hear, too, with him asking, what the F is Twitch? And I think what that reminded me of is we have so many streaming services right now. So it just makes me realize that there's so many things out there that you can't know them all, right? Even if you want to say that maybe he's older, but it just makes you realize how fragmented and how they're all trying to bring it back. It's like the channel uh, channels of old, right? The the thing is uh, with Gor- when he co- when it comes to Gordon Ramsay, gotta remember his kids are pretty well connected. Yeah, and that uh, cook that was on Next uh, Level Chef or whatever, so she was on Twitch, I guess, on the just chatting, doing recipes and stuff like that, and. So he later on was like, is it like YouTube and stuff like that? But that tells you how there's so many things out there. But yeah, I'm sure yeah, his, maybe it's one so of his five kids have probably been on Twitch. Yeah, maybe it's not so much him being clueless and out, completely out of touch. It's just that it's a reflection more of, well, there's overwhelming choice out there. Overwhelming platforms and brands. I think... I think it's sort of more of that way. That's what I was thinking. And then I was thinking too on this mic is you heard about TikTok and people have been doing recipes on TikTok now, right? And supposedly TikTok's going to leverage that. I guess one of them was a chicken linguine recipe and stuff like that. And they said certain recipes that have been trending on TikTok, they're going to actually sell them to people to order, to order Mm. out, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, one way to put it. It'll probably work. It'll probably start in the States. Well, that's interesting that you can create these recipes and then whatever tre- trends, somehow they'll find a restaurant that'll be able to replicate and then send it to your door. That's kind of like sci-fi in a way, almost. In my it's, mind. It's, it's no different than what Spotify is doing with podcasts, right? I mean, the whole integration of ads into every late life is just... The way it's going to go, right? We're going to sit down and watch our, our movies on our Netflix or our Amazons and then 
halfway through you can click on the shirt the person's wearing and you know buy that crap so it's just it's the future baby what can you do well integrations consolidations in media comes to and that again, first uh, main story doesn't and it once again streaming once, in that yeah and once again james very good with the segues so what a way to start off 2022. Highlighted in the anime world this week by two acquisitions of some historic or so retro, so to speak, services. So in order, I think it was on Wednesday, roughly Wednesday, AMC Networks. Yeah, it was an end-of-day uh, announcement that they yeah. always love, right? <laughs> they announced, you know, the network behind, most well-known for Walking Dead. They announced their acquisition of Sentai Holdings and everything under that umbrella. And remember, you got to remind people, it's AMC Networks because there are still people out there that confuse the movie theater chain and the network. Which mm-hmm. is hilarious. I saw that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what's even more hilarious before we get into the meat and potatoes that I learned and I didn't even know about about EMC Networks is supposedly, did you know who uh, the chairman is of that? Yes, Jean, uh, James Dolan. And that one just blew my mind. I'm, I'm just thinking to myself because they then made jokes about that, about the Knicks and the Rangers that he holds on to those teams because of the Madison Square Garden network rights and people are yelling at him, just sell the team and we've seen him firsthand with decisions with the Raptors how Usai Ujiri faced them had to give them Kyle Lowry he's like yeah. that the shit, one trade he it. rejected turned the Raptors around so, so I, I'm just thinking about that and then I'm like Maybe he has better business sites other other areas, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, he's behind this. He's richer than us, right? So well, that's he all must he have made some know. good lucky decisions. No, and that's more in the family. Yeah, he was just born into it, right? I mean, was he born? I have no idea. So. Yeah, he, his, his, his dad owns like cable vision. He's like, yeah, it's like because his dad was there. Oh, before. yeah, that's right. He was one of those because of, uh, one of his those. dad, Charles Dolan. Okay. Anyway, we'll go. We'll get to that in a second. And then the other major acquisition, the day after on Thursday, Digital Media Rights, the uh, company behind Asian Crush, and more notably for our discussion, Retro Crush. The night they have quite a few, quite a bit. Cinedim. I guess how you pronounce it. Cinedim announced they were going to acquire digital media rights. And supposedly they were going to leverage uh, digital media rights, uh, social media division, because I know when they've promoted Retro Crush and some of their other channels, like they're really big on social media, on Twitter, and even they have a Discord for a lot of their channels. So they're really big integrating, I guess, with the fans and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not sure how successful it's been, but... They kept on talking about those eyeballs on the property, so to speak, right? Yeah, it was more it, it, like in the uh, what I've read about it. What and I'll admit it's not the greatest amount. 
there was always this talk about their marketing. Synodim seemed to be more on the marketing side of this when they, as they made this purchase. And the content is still pretty good. That's, a, that's still there. Okay, so which of these two deals do, you, do we want to tackle first? Well, probably. I mean, they're, they're tied. And that ties them, I think, both together, which we talked about, how there's so many things in streaming and stuff like that, right? That there's so many things out there. Is some of it is things are getting consolidated, and some of it is some people are looking for buyers. And people know for AMC, they've been looking for a buyer for a long time. So because anime is hot and because of the leverage Sentai has, like, they're not the biggest fish in the well, so to speak, but they still have the name and their past behind them that they probably could look at it as a good buy to improve their marketability to find that buyer for AMC. And people have been saying, what was it, Lionsgate? And I forget the other one. Warner, I think, was another one thrown around, but I think it was more Lionsgate to acquire them, which would be an interesting acquisition because think about that. Former ADV, now Sentai, with uh, Manga Entertainment USA, since Lionsgate holds uh, the remnants of that. It's a full, it would be a full circle moment. And I keep forgetting, well, I hadn't kept up with the business, so I didn't know AMC was, was, trying, to, was trying to sell as well. It's like a last minute ditch effort with these people. Like It's like they're no longer the greatest network, not the greatest, but they, I mean, they had like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and Walking Dead back in the day where they were like hot shit and now they're, they're not hot shit anymore. And so there's still some marketability, as we know, behind them, but it's kind of like their old hat, so to speak. And so that's where I think some of it came in. So that's around, I guess, 2018, 2019. That's when they started that drumbeat to see if they could find someone. You know what I mean? Because those things take years and stuff like that. It's not like Crunchyroll and Sony where you can kind of snap the finger and have that ridiculous over a billion dollars uh, tap yeah, and go back and forth. It wasn't that big, obviously, but it still was a considerable chunk of money and stuff like that, lower than what would be required for uh, it to be reviewed. But I still think John Lettiford and his partners probably got an offer they could not refuse and probably allows them to move forward. So they get a bit of money for themselves. They all stay on to continue to run High Dive and Sentai and uh, move forward and hopefully uh, grow it and are able to get more acquisitions because that was their biggest tough thing to do is get acquisitions because of uh, Funny Crunchyroll and Netflix, of course, and the others. Well, you, you brought up an interesting thought. The thought that's now come into my mind is like, I, I was thinking of it in terms of what could the deal do for AMC? You're looking at it as in terms of AMC still looking to sell themselves. And I'm looking at it as in terms of what can AMC do to market themselves elsewhere with their, can they leverage their own properties and other spots? Like I said, uh, the, experience of john ledford the capitalize on the on strong japanese industry relationships that's a talking that was a talking point in talking about this sale maybe it's sort of maybe i don't know how relevant that could be for to leverage amc but 
I'm thinking now it's just makes the addition of of um, a few more anime properties that that Sentai offers just kind of makes them look more appealing for that sale that they're looking for. And as we said, uh, just to let us know in regards to streaming for AMC Networks, when we talk about their portfolio, they have the AMC Plus, Acorn TV, Shutter, Sundance now, and all of BLK. So this is probably another nice addition to their portfolio. And as uh, Jeff was probably going to say uh, when we said off air, uh, I think earlier in the week that wasn't there another uh, thing that happened long before that they tried to put everything kind of together, but they're going to maybe try something like that. Who knows? But I think High Dive will still be sold separately, but we'll see how that all plays out. The High Dive or VR, uh, VRV? Yeah, it was uh, no VRV is probably their own version of it. You know what I mean? With uh, some of their other uh, streaming services and stuff like that, because as I said, MC Plus, Acorn, Shutter, so they could probably put High Dive in there as well. And and and, and, um, and BBC America and BBC. oh, I was gonna say BBC. I keep on forgetting that they have the other half of BBC America along with BBC UK. It's like, I keep forgetting, but yeah, that would be, uh, that's another big one in their portfolio. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like, okay. When, when I think about this, BBC is, is BBC's government, right? Is correct. Right. And the UK side obviously is still Mm -hmm. the government since it's a public broadcast. And then when you think of Sentai, remember they've taken money from the cool from the Cool Japan Fund. And that year. one, ironically, is probably gonna be one of their better investments because remember Cool Japan, they had criticism for their investments and stuff like that as an investment arm. They were supposed to get like return for money. And I think this'll be one of those few things they got return for money because they're taking some of the money and equity i guess that cool japan had uh and they're paying them for that for amc so that's uh good on them too right mm-hmm. and they won't lose uh money uh to help them with acquisitions well no i'm just it's just boggling me a little bit well you know it was funny is there was a tell earlier a few weeks uh ago mike which was funny because I got an email because I used to subscribe to High Dive and it was saying, hey, do you want uh, like a deal on AMC Plus? And supposedly there were people that were saying they got a similar thing from AMC about High Dive. So obviously this deal had went uh, through maybe a bit before. It's just they didn't tell anyone till this week. Oh, there's an interesting thought. So they're definitely already started the cross promotion and stuff like that. And it'll be interesting to see, I guess, how far they go uh, to get maybe some uh, more licenses and stuff like that. Because they talked about that in the press release about some of their big titles, right? And we mm-hmm. already know one of them is going to continue this year with Made in the Abyss. And we'll see what other ones they try to go after. And maybe they will try to co-mingle and do... Uh, because they have the relationships in Japan and maybe try something with one of AMC's properties because we've seen that happen on Netflix between uh, Castlevania, right? Yeah. Okay. 
can I play a couple thoughts here in terms of this acquisition and try and make sense of it a little bit? If AMC wasn't, didn't look so appealing at the moment, do you think there's a bit of a catalyst involved with Sentai? And maybe not, not much. They're not as big as they used to be. And because keep in mind, um, you kept saying the Crunchyroll deal certainly got moved really fast. But then again, maybe it was because of, well, Sony had already was in that pool with Funimation. So I'm, I, as I said, this is just this is just racing in my head. Plus, I'm reading the messages that. Uh, I just I don't know, man. It's one of those things where I don't think we'll ever truly know unless someone speaks out about it. I mean, for all we know, this could have just been like a dumb luck situation where some executive somewhere maybe Googled anime streaming and High Dive came up and they're like, oh, maybe we should buy this. And then bing, bang, boom, they now own High Dive. I mean, that could have happened. But until one of them comes up and was like, yeah, this is how the the backstory of this intricate secret business we don't want people to know about happened. We just, got that. <laughs> we just have to guess on it, I guess. Remember, too, though, in the actual press release, if you look at the different news things, it wasn't the quote-unquote CEO of AMC Networks. It was the interim CEO. So they still need to find someone to run their ship and stuff like that. So that tells you a lot right there that they're still maybe hoping this will help them build their catalog to find that buyer in my mind. So we'll see what happens. But I still think it'll be a net positive at the very least for uh, John Letterford and them because they're going to stay on uh, to help build those relationships in Japan try to maybe find a few more series uh, that are bigger and stuff like that so that it doesn't all go to I guess uh, Funimation, Crunchyroll and Netflix and stuff like that because want- it has been tough for them to find those shows. I want this to be like a uh, an, an eight o'clock, uh, sorry, an eight p.m. sitcom where like a major corporation uh, acquires a smaller corporation, and it's like The Office, but it's the offices of high time. We just get to see the inner workings of them interacting with corporate and stuff. I mean, I think that'd be pretty funny, right? Yeah, but I, I would say for this, it's like probably it was an offer John Lefford couldn't refuse, and probably they've learned a few things since. Remember, uh, Sojits. With that deal, they kind of crashed and burned. So I don't think it's going to be that sort of situation with uh, this. But this is kind of the last, I would say, major domino to be bought from the anime space. Because I know people were talking about other independent, quote-unquote, distributors and stuff like that. But I don't think those distributors are even playing the same game. And they were talking about Discotech, Media Blasters, and Anime Ego but those ones are for the fans and they're going to continue on as they always will. So I don't know why people ever brought them up in that discussion because they're their own small niche business. They know what they want to do. They want to work and go after a certain set of fans and they do it successfully and they make uh, enough money uh, for what they want and stuff like that. It's not like it's, they're trying to build continually, right? Like uh, Funimation, like Sentai and like, uh, you're not growth. Roll, you're not they growth. Got bought by the final big fish, right? Mm-hmm. They're not growth stocks. That's probably the, the way to put it. And the other thing is, obviously, for these ones, it's like uh, the other big plus for uh, Sentai is 
they had the anime network, but then they continued to build and then uh, transformed into High Dive. So they had the streaming platform along with their physical business and stuff like that. So that is an attractive thing. The other ones, of course, don't have that. And as we know with physical media, and they, I think even Justin Savakis admitted it, is that there's a certain set that they're going to go after and will want that physical thing, but they have to work harder to reach those people. It has to be that criterion type, type release, you know what I mean? Because otherwise, mm-hmm. they're going to go to the lower uh, pole, which is the streaming uh, pool at the moment, right? Or whatever the future holds. Well, on that topic, first, first of all, uh, the first thought I had also is, remember last year as we were talking about some of this, when we were talking about the Crunchyroll acquisition and who will compete with Sony now? And I remember a line I said, made just saying, the competition probably will not, will not be like a startup. It'll come from somebody fairly big already. So just to be fair to AMC on this one. The other thing is, since you brought up Justin Savakis, everybody, like a lot of people seemed caught off guard by this announcement. It sounds like, and just talking around a little bit to some people who um, have kept up a little better than I could, Ledford, uh, Ledford has played his cards close. He seems to have a long history of that. So uh, it, caught, it, it seemed to catch a lot of people in the anime news media, and specifically ANN, off guard. They did not see this coming down Dixon. Yeah, the only tell was uh, that promotion. That was the week before, and people just said, well, it's just two uh, things, brands, like doing a thing like that but as we said right it's like i think it was probably an offer he couldn't refuse and they started the discussions and then it resulted in this but it's probably better as you said to keep them close to the vest and stuff like that and when you're ready to make the announcement make the announcement right and it's not like it was a big multi-billion dollar uh, or whatever you want to call it acquisition like the other so that had to go through so many other hoops, whereas this one is a private sale in pride the millions between two private, uh, sorry, not two private, but one private corporation and one public corporation. Kevin, you have a thought? You know, given how Sentai has mostly just been doing re-releases lately, it looked pretty similar to uh, how ADV, the earlier incarnation of this company, was similarly not putting out nearly as many new things. And as we alluded to last year with that John Cerebella tweet, it really did give off the impression that John Ledford was starting to run out of options because you only only have so much cool Japan money to help push things forward, at least from our armchair, our armchair quarterback perspective. Like I felt like this was probably the end game for him 
given how yeah. things were turning out. And he finally found his air quotes way out. Yes, I know he's still there. You but know. most people don't tend to stick around that long after they sell their company. I think I think they'll stay around, but I don't think it's going to turn out like Funimation. Remember, we're gun stayed around then he got billionaire friends to buy back the company grow it again and then sell it to an even bigger multinational company to make his uh, final golden parachute right so but i'm sure he'll sleep easy at night for john Lefford. well he, it, like i mean kevin you seem to agree with the whole idea this was an offer he could not refuse yes yeah and as we said like because they had the stream that they were going after new titles. It wasn't like Discotech and the others were. They could go after just the older titles or maybe stuff from the aughts, which they were going after some of those, but they were still trying to go after some of those new titles. And that's hard to do, especially when you have a limited amount of money, even with the infusion, as Kevin said, from Cool Japan, which we talked about. And they were probably looking for their investment back and they were happy with whatever they got back too, right? So. Oh, total disaster. I mean, give them a little, give AMC a little credit for laying low the way they did. I mean, not AMC, uh, Sentai. A little credit here. I mean, we, we, I, I constantly make fun of them about the way they've, uh, they've been flailing out there at times. And I'm sure, as we heard from the Japan side, some of them, they know who the major players and stuff, and some of them want to go to a different, part and stuff like that and see how they're doing so that's why we've had some bones grown sentai's way like for example lupin the third part six i think is the biggest bone they got in late last year and stuff like that but a lot of the other ones have been i guess the middle tier series you could say or the more risque stuff that the others wouldn't touch with a 50 foot pole we do have healer well there's some other ones too um was it mother of goddess dormitory was another one um Peter Grill was another one as well, because those were ones where they had like the censored stream and then the um, uncensored streams and stuff like that. That's not to say Crunchyroll and Funimation haven't done other series like that. I know Crunchyroll this season has uh, World and Harem, and so they have that up, but they're probably not going to do an uncensored of that. But it's interesting because there's a, there could be a certain amount of freedom now. Like, I mean, this is where, this is kind of the upside to that situation, I suppose. All I can say is they won't be getting uh, any, like, S-tier. They're not getting a Attack on Titan or JoJo's or all that stuff. But I think maybe they can hit maybe a few more A titles a year, maybe, hopefully. And depending on if they make the right strategic uh, investment. And then depending if they want synergy with some of the properties AMC has it might work out that way too. Like they've seen the success from Castlevania and then another series we're going to talk about later in the podcast as well. And Scott Pilgrim, and they might look at that if they find the right players or the right people to make it. Yes or no. And this is just to end off this, uh, this thought. No. So you don't think a walking dead anime is ever going to happen. Oh damn. That would be, that'd be something. I think it's possible though, because we saw how they went, multi-platform because wasn't it dark horse that helped them do the comics and stuff like that i think or am i thinking wrong 
or was Can't it Image? I'm not a. I, I don't keep up with uh, Walking Dead. I thought it was because Image. I think it was either wrong. It might be Image. It might actually be Image. I, it wasn't Dark Horse. It was Image. You're right. Well, think about. Okay, let's look at some of the most popular AMC properties. And it's Image. They, I just double checked. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. I was. It was between the two, but you're right. It was Image. But that still shows that that's another thing they can look at to maybe. It's not going to revive anything, but it's going to be another plank, right, to put that series out there in uh, different people's eyeballs, right? Well, it, once again, part of that media mix. And they've done still... uh, zombie I'm anime to... as well with High School mm-hmm. of the Dead and stuff like that. So it's still. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to think stuff. of are there AMC properties that could translate well into anime? I'd say Walking Dead is probably the one they would look most at awesome. the most likely and stuff like that. And the most likely that could possibly get greenlit if they ever do get that far down the rabbit hole. But I I think that'd be a few years away, to say the least. And maybe after another sale. Okay, let's go to the other one then, just briefly. Uh, Synodim. Or Synodyme. I, I know, and, I'm, I'm and still Zombie. having my brain go on that one, my trying to figure out that one, but that one I think is like, it feels similar, right? Where they're getting all these streaming uh, houses under one roof and they're trying to find that end game, so to speak, to be either sold off or whatever. But it's like, they're still sorting out. It's like, okay, what's happening with streaming right now? Because they can't support them all, right? Sooner or later, customers are going to go to their main choices, and they're already doing that to a degree, well, right? Netflix, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, and some of them, unfortunately, already had what the backing of big networks already. Hmm. Well, I mean, you look at uh, the names in DMR's portfolio: Asian Crush, Midnight Pulp. Midnight Pulp is like those Asian B movies and- from. From yet from yesteryear, I was thinking a bit of horror too and stuff like yeah. that. I, well. I put them, I put them in the in in, in, a, in that category. Retro Crush, we know of Cine House, Kokoro, KMTV. So these sound like um, Korean stuff, mm-hmm, yeah. Chinese stuff, right? Remember. And you said, remember 2019. I feel we talked about them because of Viewster, remember? Because they had acquired them, I believe. I'm trying to remember. I mean, and, I, I'm still thinking about it. I recall this too. And Viewster was acquired by them in February 2019, I believe. So. This would have been like an early, uh, like one of our early conversations in the version two era, mm-hmm. if at all. Long, long, long enough ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like they like. Remember also, and once again, throwing darts. Remember when I said talked about Rakuten and Vicky. Like this is the this is just something I this is the only thing I think about when I'm thinking about it. It's like this is maybe the type of thing that I thought would have fit them, because they were because of their experience already doing Korean streaming. Like something they could have added to their portfolio. Synodim, if I'm going to get, I, I don't know much about them. This is a name that, you know, I uh, I, I can't uh, say I know too much about this company. But just just the, the basic reading on them. 
and some of the stuff they've uh, done in the past. The, the one name that sticks out looking at uh, Cynodim is Con TV. That's them. So their association with Wizard World. And then they've done stuff with... Um, They've done stuff with Jim Henson Company, and they've had a pro- had projects with Sentai Filmworks. Ironically enough, Minority Stake and Shout Factory. And as we know, Shout Factory's had quite a few uh, distribution of different anime and stuff like that for uh, different people and stuff like that. G Kids being one of them, and them mm-hmm. doing their own stuff. So Digimon Bloody- and stuff like that. So yeah, bloody disgusting as well. But the interesting thing when we think about digital uh, media rights is the big plus for them is obviously they were impressed with their advertising and trying acquisition through social media because they definitely had an aggressive feel, but they were going after those different eyeballs that normally they don't go after. And they were going through Discord and through Twitch, sorry, so not Twitch, you're, Twitter you're, and stuff like that. But the other odd thing, too is they started in 2020 they had the uh, free ad supported uh, fast version of retro crush for example through uh, stir streaming so it's kind of like you're watching tv and they have basically different titles in their streaming portfolio right on a schedule and it's like a tv channel almost and stuff like that linear tv channel in many ways and they had a deal i think with peacock too is Pluto and Peacock to get some of it on there too, which is interesting. So now, just to just to clarify, um, Pluto's owned by CBS, isn't it? I'm not sure. So think, that, uh, Kevin, can you do you want to check that one up? Check what? Uh, Pluto TV. Who owns them now? Pluto TV. I've never heard of this. It, it, it's a it's another one. It's another one of those OTT. Uh, Platforms and yes, they are owned by uh, Viacom CBS Streaming. Yeah, so but it was yeah. interesting when you go to even Retro Crush, for example, they have all their things, but at the top corner, you have that linear feed that they give to other feeds and stuff like that that's playing there that is ad support, stuff like that for the US and Canada, which is I'm yeah, that's... how most people are watching. Which is, I don't mind doing it because it's like. We're watching TV of old, right, Mike? It's just, unfortunately, the ads are probably the same ones again and again for a lot of them. Well, it doesn't, like, I, I don't watch Re- Retro Crush enough to know. No, I was just streaming in general, and I feel like I've like, seen no, that, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, like, sometimes you see so many ads, it becomes unwatchable, right? I remember before I uh, committed to to Crunchyroll, trying to watch one episode of Bat- <laughs> Battleship Tiramisu. Ads just kept coming and coming and coming. And when you add up the time for the ads, I think they were longer than the seven-minute episodes of Tiramisu. This is not that situation here, like for a, a, a viewing experience on here, yeah, the it? viewing experience I saw in Retro Crush is that for if you had a regular 25-minute or 23-minute uh, anime, usually they were doing it like it was a half-hour slot on a television channel and stuff like that. And they had them interspersed at from beginning to end of the ads and stuff like that. But some of them you felt like they definitely were coming 
more often than others. I saw quite a few Lincoln ads. I saw some ads for York University and then a few other things, but okay, it so didn't maybe, overwhelm me. So the, the, sorry, not really overwhelming? or Yeah, it didn't overwhelm me to say maybe it was. It didn't make me stop watching. Yeah, maybe the only annoying part is repetitive ads. And if it gets too repetitive, that's when, yeah, I just say, no, I'm just not going to do it. But it didn't overstate everybody else like uh, people would have in the old days. It's and, and there are counters, right? So that does help you, too, because you could, as you say, walk out of the room and then come back. Oh, yeah, the counter. Yeah. Okay. So, like, it, it's an interesting... It's an interesting acquisition for for a Cynodyne, but it doesn't sound like a desperate uh, acquisition for um, for a DMR, because because uh, that's sort of the feel we had with uh, with the Sentai sale. Feel like it's a more natural progression, probably that's for both those two parties. Whereas the other one, because it was close to us and all that other thing, we knew John Leatherthird as Kevin said, had only so many cards to play, and he knew, obviously, that the deal had went through for uh, Crunchyroll and Funimation, and that they basically had a lion's share. Netflix has jumped in to the boat, and they have the lion's share. He doesn't have Amazon and Jeff Bezos' money because, of because remember, they were a part of Anime Strike. They were the one helping Amazon get the licenses for Anime Strike, and that's how they were staying afloat at one point. So they had to find another source and not just uh, cool Japan money. Well, yeah. So, so going back to Cynodyme and and uh, DMR, yeah, fairly symbiotic. I think. Look, uh, I it also had me wondering, and I, once again, this comes back down to the Vicky, to the Rakuten Vicky part of the equation. DMR has a lot of Asian content, and I think that was part of the appeal here too. Because uh, I don't think Cynodyme had nearly as much, so there's a you know there's a motivation there, and kind of just like AMC's motivation to say, let's go after an anime company because that's something that we don't really have and could uh, help us out in the future, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, so there it is. Well, the Retro Crush uh, deal uh, or the DMR. I, I I have to use the two names interchangeably. We we obviously when we're talking on this show about DMR, we're talking about Retro Crush because that's our that's the most famous property for us in our fandom. But it sounds like a you know this one could work out work out a little bit better. Less and remember they only less, launched less a few of their about. channels recently. Like Retro Crush is still young in its uh, lifetime and stuff like that because they had to launch and then it wasn't until last year they started doing the paid service to get rid of the ads and they added the ads in that. So mm-hmm. it's still young and then they had the linear TV type idea as well. So they definitely were growing fast and stuff like that on that uh, channel for Retro Crush and I'm sure the others were having an uptick as well and stuff like that because they're similar idea and stuff like that. So maybe that caught the attention as we said of Cynodyne. So. And of course, the social media savvy. I mean, you, you, as you uh, so uh, interestingly point out, James, 
Okay. They definitely are quite more active than some of the others, right? And definitely uh, attack. Well, and even on YouTube in that, they have all the different clips of all the different shows. And some of them are good clips of some of the animes and that that you just look at. And it, you either laugh or you're like, oh, that's a cool fight or something like that, right? That people would share and then bring their eyeballs to you, right? Ten times more active on social media than this podcast is. Or maybe a thousand times. Well, at least the good thing is we'll have no more acquisitions to talk about for the rest of the year since uh, the last major domino has fallen, at least in the Sentai uh, sense. You sure about that? Famous last words, buddy. Famous last words. We're going to let's see how well those words age, you know, because we're barely saying there's another uh, multi-million dollar deal or a billion dollars out there for someone. (laughs) That's the interesting part. Like. Life surprises you sometimes. So I always remember what else could possibly happen is a lot of those these deals. I feel some of the numbers and we talked about valuations. Remember, we're saying about uh, NFTs and that. But some of those valuations, I think that make the numbers a bit bigger is definitely those streaming numbers and the eyeballs and the people registered to your platform. It's like we used to never really think about them much, but they're serious factors in these valuations that have made the numbers go higher than I thought they would, like faster. You know what I mean? Like when your TV was going down and people watching, cutting the cord and all that stuff, but it's definitely ramped up faster than you think. And then the fact that it's almost like it was before, right? Because it's like, oh, I don't just go to one place to stream. I have to now pick all the things and now it's a fight to figure out who's going to be the last uh, corporation's uh, standing, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and then I guess we'll start the same thing again, cut the streaming cord and go to whatever next uh, cord we're going to. I guess uh, the virtual reality one, right? Well, goggles are coming. The thing is, as you said all of that, James, I was just thinking about NBC and Peacock and how NBC Sports Network ended during the new year. That was a big thing in the uh, bro- uh, sports broadcasting landscape in the States. And how Peacock will figure into their sports broadcasting plans going forward. The Olympics are coming up. The Winter Olympics, that is. And, and we you know, heard uh, the things, right, about Disney and them with carriage uh, rights uh, for YouTube and stuff like that, how they weren't able to reach an agreement. So a lot of people in the States, they lost some of those Disney channels like ESPN and ABC and stuff like that. They got a discount, but they lost some big things. So it'll be interesting to see what Disney does with some of those because live sports is still a big thing, right? It's probably the, the last real thing that you can use. Because, yeah, live events, right? People definitely want that, and especially uh, with COVID, we've seen that for concerts as well, too, because they're not able to do it like they used to, and people want to see those type of concerts again, right? So streaming concerts is going to be even bigger, of course, as we know. Mm -hmm. Okay. From those old venues, too. Mo, Kevin, you have a thought, or should we start the bullets? I thought we were going to talk about the first bullet. First bullet. First I think bullet. we're going to talk about something that Kevin uh, can talk about since we talked about Sentai and Risky uh, content. I think actually, and that'll we could be the talk point. about uh, 
the manga side and risque content, and I, it was something Kevin brought up a few weeks ago. So if Kevin wants to bring it up, and yeah, we'll, well go from this there. is essentially the first bullet. Well, let's let's use this as the first bullet as we begin the bullets for 2022. These are uh, presented in in point form, but uh, could become a full essay. This media made news a couple days ago, earlier this week. Uh, they announced that. They won't uh, publish in English chapter 74 of Ayakashi Triangle. And now... And it you was know. also Shueisha's Manga Plus service, so it was a mm -hmm. joint statement. And it's interesting because it's both the Japanese side and the North American side making Which, this statement. And you know what this, all, what, what this, uh, this type of announcement always does. It makes people want to read it more. Well, I thought you were going to say what all the people in the forums were saying, it's like, now I'm going back to Torrance or I'm going back to piracy or so on and so forth. That's part of it as well. I'm sure, I'm sure the, uh, the scanlators might have a field day, at least for one chapter <laughs> or, or as they call it, just work. Okay. Where, where, what, what angle do you want to take on this one? There's a lot of angles, I think. Uh, and Kevin, we, I think we talked about them because Ayakashi Triangle, the digital versions, basically those, I guess, uh, collected Tokoban digital versions are no longer, I guess, up there, right? And it sounded like, oh, maybe they're not up there because of Seven Seas, because Seven Seas has been picking up all the etchy or risque jump stuff that Viz doesn't want. Like, it's like this, Viz has yeah. for the longest time had this aversion to certain properties in their own field house. And then it was when uh, Seven Seas created Ghost Ship and it seems like all of them have went to Ghost Ship and they yes. found a home there and stuff like that and found an audience for physical. And of course they do do the digital now for so some of those series as well. And I think the first big one was um, Two Love Roo. Yeah, it was Two Love Roo, uh, Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs. Those were in Weekly Shonen Jump. Uh, Worlds and Harem, they have that's in Shonen Jump Plus, if I recall correctly. So that's on yeah, the digital side. That's why I brought that one up because you yeah, know that uh, and they finished that one too. I think for the first part or whatever they're calling it. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So that's the rumor that people, or that's the rumor that people are espousing online. That chances are that it's been licensed and. Seven Seas is the likely candidate. We don't really know. Uh, the reason why this got censored apparently is because uh, the Lolly character is involved in this chapter and she was probably groped. I haven't read the chapter. Yeah, that's I've heard be... there might have been a plot point as well that would be important to the story, but it is definitely a very etchy. Uh manga so at some point you never know you wonder about it right or yeah it's just risque content is one thing but risque content of underage yeah and basically that's manga plus comes in too right because they have to go over so many borders right so i think at some point they're like we can't do that they were worried something was going to happen whether it was in u.s canada or in another country we don't know. Yeah. So from what I'm reading, 
um one of one of their classmates meets Rochka, which is like the lolly character in that series and uh so it's like a it's like a girl groping another girl it's just that because the other girl does look well she's a the other girl is a spirit she's like the one of those like yuki ona kind of spirits if i remember correctly because i haven't read ayakashi triangle in a while but but obviously they didn't want to risk you know getting in trouble because an underage character was uh you know getting touched up for whatever reason i haven't seen the image yet like i'll i'll dig around for it later but i don't blame them you can't really blame viz and shueisha for not putting that chapter out it doesn't mean that they won't publish the other chapters because they will just publish 75 as planned from the sounds of it which they said yeah they are just missing one chapter and continuing on and the interesting thing is this one is a very new series to them because I forgot it started June 2020 in Weekly Shonen Jump. So like if, if if this was me, what I would do is, yep, I will just read that chapter 74 through the internet illegally. And then I will just continue reading 75 onwards through the Shonen Jump app. And that's I just, what I think yeah. most that are reading on the manga plush and Shonen Jump app. I think that's what most of them likely will do. But it'll be interesting to see how many go back the other way. But I don't think it'll be many. If they weren't already doing it before, then they will stick with what they do regularly. As yeah. you said before about your experience, of course, Kevin. The people who were like, oh, I'm going to go pirate now. Shut up. You were probably pirating it anyway. So that doesn't really change much. Exactly. Um, it's just, I you know, yeah, it's it, people are always going to get riled up over stuff like this. And some of it can be platform specific and stuff like that, as we talked about, too, where some of them I know for streaming and even for this one, they could be looking at. For example, Apple, because they have their apps on Apple and stuff like yep. that, and they take a certain stance against certain content, and I think some of that could play a factor in there too, you know what I mean? And I think See, that could be in there as well. That's why Ayakashi Triangle cannot be read on the Shonen Jump app, for that exact reason. So to read Ayakashi Triangle, you have to go on Viz's website, I was about to or... Say, okay. Or you go on Manga Plus. I believe Manga Plus, yeah, Manga Plus has it. So those are the legal avenues to go about reading it. It's also why Platinum End, I don't think you can read on the Shonen Jump app either because of its subject matter. Usually, for anything that they deem is too risque, uh, Viz will not have them available for reading on their apps that way. See, a couple of things came to mind for me now. One, the digital apps, and we've kind of said this in the past, it's sort of like the broadcast versions of anime shows, right? The, you get to really see the full uncensored version in either the home video version or in the graphic novel. The Tunkle Bonds. So with that said, yes or no, we'll see an English translation of this chapter. At some point, 
Well, probably, yeah. It's yeah, probably, well, book price, probably, dude. Yeah, probably, in, uh, probably in paper. May not necessarily be under Viz's name, because you think it's Seven Seas. Yeah, it'll probably likely be a ghost uh, ship title uh, later on. Because now the precedent has been set where na- not every digital title will be published by the same publisher. By the uh, by, the um, book counterpart, right? Yeah, like like Tokyo Revengers, for example. Mm-hmm. Just going back to that from a couple weeks ago. The other reflection I have, uh, just and before we almost try and uh, end this uh, end this uh, thought, see, for some reason, I, I think of Video Girl I, because um, I know way back in the day there was a similar situation or a situation on that on that level. You mean it wasn't Eyes where this happened? It happened to Video Girl Eye as well? This was in Japan, strangely. But that's another story. and It's all blurry to me. And yes, Eyes is... When that came out, well, a few years after, there was another... There's a story there. And I was thinking about, like, remember the early aughts? Like, they did it with Viz just in certain... uh, manga as well but they also had it for example i think it was raijin comics remember because that was fronted by the creator city hunter and when they did uh, the first few of city hunter they had him actually put on the uh, swimsuits onto some of the girls or certain things to make them less risque remember so they've come a long way but there's still certain things that won't be crossed as we said on the digital frontier so case in point Okay, let me. I'm gonna actually look for it right now. Uh, what, what are you gonna look for? Like, what the big deal is all about for this chapter? So I'm going through the chapter right now. Okay, you're, you're actually you're actually looking at at scans or something? Yeah, it's already been scanned because of course it was. And I'd say the other chapters, as you said, they do get touchy and feely and stuff like that. A lot of it is between uh, the two girls and stuff like that, the different girls, but it could be, yes, the one girl could be problematic, as you said. Okay, well... They said there was a plot point in there somewhere, so at least uh, you'll be up to date on the plot. (laughs) Okay, well, do do you want to continue with uh, with the bullets in the meantime? Sure, why don't we go on to uh, another item that is uh, this... uh, Shueisha related. Well, I was thinking. I was thinking. Let's talk Urusei Yatsura for a couple seconds. Is that the one you're thinking? Yep. Since we uh, we know Viz has, uh, they definitely are celebrating uh, Takahashi, and it's interesting when you think about it that we talked about them bringing out the omnibus manga of that, and it makes you wonder if way back then they had a hint. That maybe this was coming from their parent company, which which, which is more, would I say Yatsura anime? Okay, I can see why they didn't publish it. Okay, so okay, you want let's go back there for a second. Let's Kevin, do a quick one. What do you see, Kevin? So Lucy gropes Roshka's butt in one scene because, for whatever reason, the context is that once she, once Roshka turned into her. Ayakashi form. Lucy, as a regular human, can't see her. So he's trying to. She's trying to find her. It's like, hey, where'd you go? And trying to reach out and like feel around because she thinks maybe she just turned invisible or whatever. Because 
Lucy, while she doesn't believe in spirits, she believes in aliens. So she's feeling around like, you know, the open room looking for her and then happens to accidentally grope her. And while Lucy doesn't feel anything, Roshka certainly does. And so there's two shots where, yep, I can see why Viz and Shueisha decide to not publish it. Because I'll I'll link it to you guys later, but it got a little too hot. I don't blame them one bit. Okay, got a little too hot for the pages, they say, right? Thanks. We go back to. Can we go back to Lum for a few minutes? The original uh, sex symbol, as they say. Oh wow. Okay. Anyway, there isn't. I I don't have too much. I was never like. I was not into Odessei Yatsura, but everybody else around me, like in my original anime circle, certainly was. And I, and this was when I was the young guy in that circle. And it was, bef- well, actually, no. So I think, were they doing the movies uh, from uh, Anime Ego at that point before they finally got to the series? Because they did get the whole series out, which is an incredible feat in, unto itself on DVD. Oh, yeah, that was a big thing when Anime Ego got it, too, at the time. And yeah, Odyssey Atura has that following. And so basically, like, I I, I watch, I look at this and I saw the trailer and the theme song and all that stuff. It's, there's certainly, it's certainly an homage to the original uh, anime series, which they said they were going to adapt selected stories from the manga and that be for uh, cores over a period of time. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But they're going all out because they talk about Studio uh, David, I believe, is going to be the one animating it. So from the uh, people that did JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and stuff like that. And then, yes, they recast. Elsie but Burke. they recast with people that are well-known uh, to anime fans and stuff like that. So. hmm but it certainly has already has the feel of the original anime, which premiered in 1981. So on the 40, basically the 41st anniversary. Yeah. And the other thing is it's going to be uh, broadcast on the Noitamina block uh, through Fuji TV and stuff like that. So they're getting it uh, quite the prestige uh, release, it sounds like. And so... It's not going to be, obviously, as long as the other one, but it'll be interesting to see how they uh, bring it to the screens for selected chapters, because it was such a long series, both as a manga and uh, the original anime. So it has me wondering, who do you think could possibly pick it up? I think, we know it's gonna, I think we know it's going to be Viz. I think it's going to be like well, the new Inuyasha series. It's not the home video version I was thinking. I was thinking the streaming details. Well, that's what I was saying. Basically, Viz, I think for Inuyasha and stuff like that, they sub-license those rights to uh, Crunchyroll and to Funimation and stuff like that. So I think it would be a similar idea where Viz has all the rights. They'll send the streaming to Crunchyroll and Funimation, and then they'll do the home video uh, later on, just like they well, did with the new Yacht. Who has the current Noitamana contract, though? I think it's up in the air now. I think there is no exclusivity since it ended with Amazon, so I think it could be on a per-show basis almost, I think. 
is there's nothing really set in stone, I think, anymore. But I could be wrong. I don't know if Viz would pick it up. I, maybe they'd be interested, but I just don't think it's like a dead set guarantee that they will. Now, in the case of Bleach, because that is going to be produced by Aniplex, but then Viz is like, back off, guys. <laughs> But and they definitely have a lot of, of they have a lot of interesting jump titles that they're going back to the well this year, it seems like. They're going back to Yurtse Yatsura eighties. They're going back to the early aughts with Bleach. I guess all they need to do is find something from the nineties, right? Well Urusa Yatsura they're only doing now because uh Rimuko Takahashi is an Eisner Award winner now. Yeah, so yeah. The, the brand name recognition. So it's now, they now tr- they finally treat it like a legacy title because it, it took a long time. It like, because like Ito manga, no one could sell it till now. Yurtsa Yatsura was like the same thing because remember it was just two of the unflop- unflopped floppies that they did in the nineties, and then it just never made headway anywhere. It was amazing that we even got the. Uh, DVDs and all the stuff out from Anime Ego. So hopefully this time it gets a better uh, shake and stuff like that. It can even help uh, more people discover uh, the manga that they're still publishing, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the only other question is people were asking what other uh, series uh, from Takashi would someone like uh, revitalize in because we heard uh, Ranma one half and Maison and Cuckoo for the two uh, banting about, and they thought maybe something like that would be done before uh, Yurtse Yatsura, but I think uh, given uh, it's an anniversary uh, title, and I think it's Year of the Tiger this year, right? Yeah. We're making that yes. reference too. That would be a good cross-promotion for this year. Okay, so my last question on Yurtse Yatsura. What about the original anime? That's been long. The license has been long lost to Animigo. Nobody else got it. That's the one that boggles me to this moment. Well, the movies, remember, yes, the, uh, the movies old movies are... are now being put out by uh, Disney, and they have and they and have them streaming. All of yes. them streaming on Crunchyroll. But the original television series remains in limbo. That's still one that is. Well, not not doesn't uh, it boggles me a little bit, I guess. I think it would be a tough sell because there are just it's, so many again, episodes and stuff like that of it. Once again, and it's we've had it, that a version of that conversation before, and it's people and the people who probably would have bought it have already bought it by now for our the DVDs from Anime Ego, and they can still play those on their Blu-ray players and stuff like that, and so it mm-hmm. probably. Even if they did Blu-ray, it probably, my gut would tell me, it would have to be SD Blu-ray, given how old mm-hmm. uh, those episodes mm-hmm. and how they were produced. So maybe there's no point. And then the other thing is, we said, uh, the length, which played a factor in some things. We just remember, Mike, uh, with uh, Yawara and stuff like that, when Anime Ego tried to get that out the door, and we only got the one set. But that's how it goes mm-hmm. sometimes. You know, with the new anime about to come out, maybe there will be renewed interest. Like, if it really takes off, it could be on the table again. Granted, it'd probably cost more as a result. 
I think it would be hard to sell because, as we said, these are selected stories and they're going off the manga and stuff like that. So I yeah. don't think I think people would more want the new content versus the old content and stuff like that. So and as you said, the price factor. So that's why I think it would be tough to bring that back on so many levels and the length. Okay. Like the movies, you can make sense and stuff like that of it because you're not making as big of an investment and stuff like that. So it was an easy get for uh, discotheque and that. I don't know how I feel about them not adapting the whole thing. I guess in one sense, they don't technically need to because the bulk of it was animated in the past. Because I don't think everything was, but it was like pretty much everything. Like it was close to everything. Mm. And you're actually going to have the manga there coming out from Viz. We know that likely they're going to finish it this time and stuff like that. Because all of Takahashi's stuff, they've actually made that effort to keep it, I guess, in print to an extent for Yurtsei Yatsura and then for those new omnibuses of other works like uh, Maison uh, Ikuku. Ronma one half Blu-ray sets say hi. Yeah, I guess I should. Well, those are the anime side, right? And we know how Viz is with anime sometimes. Anyway, still waiting for still waiting for Amazon and Koku Blu-ray. I think it will come sooner or later. I'm not sure it's if short it'll enough. be from Viz. I'm not sure if it'll be from Viz, but maybe at some point we could see it. That would be nice. Or maybe it's a materials issue. Who knows? Entirely possible. You're right. Is Wonder Years ish in that sense. Okay, maybe Kimigoro and Droge is more likely that. But anyway. So before we end this evening, let's uh let's go net let's go on the Netflix side. Two stories from there. I guess we can always talk about the one that just came out since we were talking about uh Walking Dead uh anime. Well, but that's that's kind of a Toronto thing too. I would have I would have saved that one for last. But do you want to go there with that one first? Yeah, well, sure. If you want to go the other one first, it's up to you, Mike, and stuff like that. I think I think I think so because uh, the I think let's let's talk the one uh, in Kyoto first before we go back to, come back here to Toronto. Okay. So Netflix has picked up two series, one a live action. One an anime adaptation. I don't. I, I, I something tells me these one these two might have either either they'll be left alone or universally accepted compared at least. Uh, but I think the receptions to both will be overall better compared to what happened to Cowboy Bebop. Yes or no, James? I would say yes. And you saw the one image from. Uh... Michael-san, uh, and it looks with the two main characters, right? And I think that looks that looks good. That looks good, that one image. And I think they, it's definitely something that we both watched and we talked about it on the podcast before that I definitely think can work in live action quite well and stuff like that. Well, and, and it's going to be clearly Japanese produced, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Cooking, um, uh, we know the show as Maiko Sanchi no Makanai San. It's often also called Kyo in Kyoto. From yeah, the Kyo in Kyoto, yeah, which is how I remember and stuff like that. And but, it's been an interesting one because, as you said, it's been 
NHK World. Mm-hmm. And then and Crunchyroll has done a new episode each month and stuff like that. So it's interesting. So has uh, NHK World, basically third third Thursday of the month. So we're in a couple more weeks for the next episode. And it was interesting because, yeah, they, it was a manga from, uh, oh, I want to say uh, Shueisha. It's either Shugaku Khan or Shueisha. It's actually, it's Shugaku Khan. It's in weekly uh, Shonen Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that they do about three chapters each episode. And then they have a little thing talking about what they cooked in each uh, segment, which is kind of, it's kind of like one of those healing or, relaxing type uh, animes and i think it definitely would work in the live action to give you that nice culture but also give you a nice relaxing thing to watch and i think the food will definitely help it too of course seeing the food right considering considering um netflix has its uh, share of cooking shows as well netflix will call it uh, makanai cooking for the maiko house and it'll premiere sometime later this year and that yeah, um, that's the big thing that we're hearing that yeah, it won't just be in Japan, but also uh, in English, which is good to hear, right? Because you never know sometimes. And it's nine episodes. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Well, this is hot. This news comes on the heels of the fact that the anime series is actually set to end this month. It was only twelve episodes. It was only set for twelve episodes initially. So, episode twelve is going to be this month, James. So seemingly it's coming to an end. No, I, I knew that was uh, happening and stuff like that. It was just instead of getting it each week, right? It was like one a month, but it was still a nice uh, it was feel a great getting it each month. It was a feel-good series. I know some people question the point of doing it, but to me, really, it's about the food. Although the story itself is interesting also. And I, I don't... Ex- I expect... A similar reception to to it on Netflix, and I'll say this right now: if you were a fan of Midnight Diner, this might be a good one to go with. And actually, this is actually now that I said that, now I've said now that I've said that, I think that's one of the parallels that Netflix is looking for. I think this this could be there. The this could uh, this could be the successor to Midnight Diner for Netflix. Sorry. What are you about to say, James? No, uh, it's like that's good to think that, yeah, the algorithm probably would recommend that. I was just thinking it'll be interesting for the live action with the nine episodes since they have so much they could look at and adapt how they're going to do it uh, for the series and stuff like that. Because as we know, they have three segments for the anime, but I don't think it'll quite work that way for the live action. So it'll be interesting to see how they put it together. Mm-hmm. And I... and. Uh, correct me is is the is the manga out in english no it is not it's not out in english in any form and stuff like that unless you go to uh certain parts of the web as we say yeah yeah i'm sure kevin knows a few because it had me wondering like reading some of the comments in the ann forms some people said the manga is better but isn't the book always better and that's and that's what I've heard too, Mike, and stuff like that in regards to that. But I think they both have, uh, like anything, their own flavor and stuff like that. And even the anime, I think they got that idea of it isn't exactly your traditional anime. It's not, it feels like it has that nice pastel or that nice light 
touch to it, just like the series feels. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, and Kevin. I, I, I feel, and I feel they probably even from that just one image we saw of the live action, it feels like they're probably going to have that as well. But it's probably going to come out through the food and stuff like that, and the traditional look because they're in Kyoto. Remember, so we're going to see the more traditional parts of Kyoto in that. Yeah, and keep in mind. Just remember and. These characters, I think the characters are what sixteen years old or something at that point, maybe maybe give or take. Yeah, no, yes, the characters are uh, younger and stuff like that. So that'll, I guess, that'll be an interesting thing to see how that plays with people and stuff. But I think, given the lightheartedness of the story and them training and stuff like that in the Michael House and stuff like that, and how they all interact, I think it still have a interesting following. Hopefully, and that maybe, as you said, people from Midnight Dire will come and maybe check it out because I'm sure that would be one that maybe the algorithm would recommend, I think. Kevin, you have a thought? Look like you want to come in. Mm, not in particular. Okay. So let's leave Kyoto. Let's come back home to Toronto. Apparently an anime version of Scott Pilgrim has been commissioned. Well, See, I think they said they're developing, right? That's what it feels yeah, like. It's the not, Hollywood it, report is that they're developing, so it's not a guarantee the way I'm seeing it, since they just kind of announced it uh, recently as yesterday. Okay, so the the thing that... Add to this afterwards, but the thing that uh, stuck out to me in terms of the timing of this news, I think the um, remaster of the uh, video game came out few months some months ago not too long ago it was actually the first purchase i made uh since i got the ps5 although i know it's a ps4 game but it was it's it's the first purchase i've made since the uh yakuza games and yeah they had it on all the platforms and then uh limited run uh helped get a physical one out and that was supposedly one of their uh golden uh games they were trying to get done and they finally uh got the deal done because remember it had a few partners in that with uh, O'Malley and then Universal and so on and, and Ubisoft as well so and wasn't there a recent showing of the movie as well but it was funny for that redo of the game O'Malley didn't know till later on and then it finally worked itself out but it sounds like for the development of this one if they do get an anime series of Scott Pilgrim that we have some of the same players coming back, like O'Malley, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley is going to help try to write the project and stuff like that. And then we have, um, oh, the, I think similar people are involved from who did the movie, but not in the actor roles. We don't know what would happen in regards to that, obviously, until it actually gets more greenlit, I guess. Mo, Mo, do you have a thought on this one? Because I, I know this one, one. It was Edgar Wright. That's who was is supposedly I think going to be maybe involved too. Yeah, who directed and co-wrote the live action. Yes, that's who. Okay, uh, Mo, you have a thought? I mean, you know, let's not count our chickens before they hatch, right? I mean, this is still hasn't been brought to order. This is just like you know a loose partnership, I guess, but. I don't know. We'll see. I'm a big fan of Scott Pilgrim, and and we'll see if this happens. And if it does happen, we'll see how many seasons we get. Or are we going to have the cold hard truth? No one outside of Toronto wants to hear a bonus story from Toronto. No, no. I I think I think with the, the when the game was released during the summer, it like sold pretty well. I think people actually are 
craving for this uh this 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 scrappy young kid from Toronto and and then and then seventy plexus. And then yeah, some of the uh, video game references and stuff like that. But you definitely could see. I think it may likely have a chance, as we know, because Castlevania they've managed to do that animated series and develop its own identity and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see if they could do that with Scott Pilgrim, especially with the original creator on board helping to write. So I think they could make something work out nicely with this if they have the right pieces together, which it sounds like they're gathering them. I'm just concerned about the studio that's doing it. I mean, it's the same studio that uh, Japan sinks. And if they're going to use that kind of art style, I think people might be a little turned off. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, you don't know until we actually start to see pen to paper and stuff like that. And things, as we know, can change in a hurry about whether it's studios or who's acting or who's directing and stuff like that. So we're a long way out, but hopefully uh, it develops well and maybe we see something good come from it. Is this one of those finally moments? We were, should we have expected to see an attempt at an animated version of Scott Pilgrim? sooner than we have i don't know about that i think people were just amazed we got a movie like an actual movie in actual theaters for this uh type of comic because it wasn't your traditional uh western uh floppy comic you know what i mean it was inspired by video game culture and manga and, and that type and anime and culture and stuff like was, that you know what i mean which was uh, rock culture yeah. as well uh, the um, and the and the culture a uh, culture that was then burgeoning a little bit more, and but, it wasn't uh, like the movie as we know uh, lit the world afire as they say right like it was, fun. It it was fun yeah not a not it was exactly. I think it was a flop as they say for Universal but it was one of those movies that people still talk about it kind of had this thing under the hood that people still loved you know what was I it mean? a flop was it a flop yeah, I'd say it was a flop originally and stuff like that, but it still had the buzz as people and many years later and stuff like that. People who loved it, loved it. And it was kind of a word of mouth over. A, it was a long tail. It wasn't a short tail. Yeah, yeah no, I, I know I know that I, I, I've seen it a couple of times, at like re-releases and stuff, and it's shown at theaters throughout the country every so often. It's It's got a, it's got a following. But yeah, it was a longer tale for this type of movie to find its success and find its voice, so to speak. Okay. And you never know, other people may have rediscovered it too through uh, the original uh, comic book, which was only seven volumes. So, yeah, Or through uh, the video game, as we know. because uh, well, Which is I... popular again, right? Yeah, it was a nice uh, little game. And even the limited run, I ended up getting not the... Um, the most expensive version, but I got what was the classic version. The only reason I got the classic version is it had the pixelated map of Toronto that is not quite as accurate, but accurate enough to have on the wall. I, I, I will have to watch that uh, or start playing it uh, at some point in the very near future. But it, it's a fun beat em up and a fun take on the source source material and they did the idea of a beat up in the style of River City Ransom, and it definitely works for Scott Pilgrim. So. And mm-hmm. they had a bit... They were looking also at the source material, not the movie per se, but 
the comic as well, which really helped as well. So let's see what becomes of this. It's, I guess it could happen. Right? Right, Mo? Or you're, you're, you're not holding your breath, are you? I mean, we'll see. Like I said. I, 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 think, I think it has a good chance of having probably not in the near future, but maybe in a few years, hopefully, we'll see something come of it. And since uh, likely uh, people aren't as prickly, like remember uh, with Legend of the Zelda, the Netflix one we heard about and why that got canned because of Nintendo, I said it has a better chance, right? Okay. That's, that's pretty much the, the bullets tonight. Uh, let's do, let me uh, go a couple of things before we go this evening. Just quickly, January 5th, happy birthday, happy 81st birthday to Hayao Miyazaki. Once again, he turned 81 on January 5th. Well, I mean, I'll hail the master. Although, uh, although at times we kind of give him a little bit of grief because of the way he likes to give people grief. Yeah, because he's a, he's a curmudgeon, that's why. He's still working on that <laughs> next movie, as we uh, hear, right? So, which, apparently is his, which apparently is his latest last movie, right? Yeah, well, because he couldn't stand the fact that your name did so well. We're, we're still on that. That's okay. why he's doing it. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was because he oh, his, Demon Slayer. His, not, not your name. Uh, never mind. I thought he went one up Anno because Anno, remember, he helped uh, work on some stuff and he helped uh, guide him. And he's like, "Hey, I can still do better than these young guys." <laughs> From Ava uh, to uh, your name and so on and so yeah, forth. I guess right? there's just yeah. a little bit more left to come. From And then um, on a little bit more of a downturn, well, let's let, just to quiet it off on the uh, at the end tonight. Quick COVID update: uh, the host of uh, Anime Hell, Dave Merrill, revealed this week that he has come down with COVID. So just uh, want to just give him a shout out, wish him wish him well. Uh, hope he gets better real soon. We are here in Ontario now in the midst of what's referred to as a modified stage two. So within that modified stage two, uh, dine-in at restaurants here in the province has been suspended. That, this, uh, this came into effect on Wednesday. So that's uh, sort of the uh, situation right now. Another yeah. big areas are being uh, told not to open as well because I'm guessing Mo is not going to any movies anymore. That's for sure. Yes, uh, movie <laughs> theaters, movie theaters have been uh, forced to shut down. If you've uh, keep uh, if you're a sports fan, you'll know that Raptors games, Leafs games, Ottawa Senators games, they're being played to empty arenas, and there's been there's been some outbreaks there. As noted, there's been quite a few. Number case counts are high. We've hit records. Hospitalizations are climbing, but maybe not at a, at fairly alarming rates. It's the ICUs that are probably the one to keep a check on right now. But yeah, this is a we're in an interesting situation at this stage in the pandemic, the uh, Omicron variant. So. It's uh, kind of a little bit of a downer to mention it, but 
as we've mentioned in the most recent episodes, as much as we want to get away from it with the things we talk about on this show, with the little escapes that we have, reality does bite. It bites back at you and it bites in general. Yeah. Well, we were talking about, remember, before we started with Mo about uh, the recent uh, deaths and stuff like that. And sometimes even uh, in the darkest moments, there can be light. And you think about Betty uh, White and her passing on just before she could even hit 100. But everyone's still gearing up to celebrate her uh, 100th birthday because she would have wanted people to do that and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, and then laughs going and stuff like that. And remember... The good times, and there were uh, some other ones as well. If Mo wants to mention too that, and then Sydney Portia the earlier this week, a couple days ago. Yeah, you want, sure he... you want to say something about that, uh, Mo? Yeah, no, he passed, man. That uh, that really sucked. That's it, kind of. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, uh, the one, the his most famous quote or my favorite quote from Sidney Portier was always this. I wouldn't change a single thing because one change alters every moment that follows it. I think that's probably one way to put it. And that, I was thinking, I was thinking of that quote and you can see that kind of in some of the photos and that, and some of the memories he had and stuff like that. And the fact that and the way he, did he began in the Bahamas and then, when he passed, he got to retire to the Bahamas and just, you know, I mean, probably live a full life, it looked like. so. Mm-hmm. And he was 94, was it? I, I, I would. I believe so. Like, he was he was in his 90s, I believe. So, but mm-hmm. incredible legend that probably trailblazed for a lot of people, remember, in acting. And he had to go through a lot. And then even to get that um, Oscar. And that yeah. was uh, way back uh, in the 60s. And hopefully, even though some people say uh, change still hasn't come to where we need it to be, he was one of those stepping stones that hopefully we get there someday, you know what I mean, and keep the fight up. Yeah. And on that depressing note, actually, what's, what's, the, rest, what's the plan for the rest of your weekend, uh, guys? Nothing special? I mean, there, it's not as if you, there's much to do out there, as mentioned already. Yeah, Shinigami, Tensei 5. I'm going to finish up the last uh, volume of uh, Sweat and Soap that oh. uh, came in. So I supported the full series, and that was one of the weird uh, Kodansha series since me and Kevin have always talked about how a lot of the titles go to digital only, and this was one of the ones that was digital and physical and they actually did it in single volumes which kind of still surprises me given uh, it's a seinen manga it's from morning and maybe my sale didn't count for anything but i hope it makes them think about maybe picking something else that can go physical as well since well, i remember they only did uh, omnibus well with swen's soap yeah it's it wasn't too long so that helped and then there was no guarantee though because remember it only started a few years ago so yeah and it was his first and it was his first series too like you see the ending and it's interesting with the mangaka yamada that he talks about how he's just amazed 
that it went this long, that he got over above uh, 10 volumes, mm-hmm. that he was able to get to the end he was at because he didn't envision he would get there, but he went there with his readers. And the other thing was how they created the manga and one of the afterwards they talked about that. And a lot of his um, assistants and stuff like that, this was even before COVID, but he had never met any of them because they didn't do it in the same space. They actually did it digitally. And he was fearful that they wouldn't show up or whatever, but he said all of them always showed up and they always gave me their best and stuff like that. And the workflow they did made it work digitally and it probably helped them once COVID hit and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But he said for his new series, he hopes they're coming back to help him own stuff like that. So, but it's incredible that they did that all digital and that he was working from his own home and they, I guess were working from their own homes or workspaces. Oh, and uh, speaking of, you don't hear that often. Speaking of Kodansha digital stuff, uh, they confirmed that Blue Lock will be going physical. Actually, so the the fans pull through. (laughs) Okay, Mo, what about you? Rest of your uh, rest of your weekend. Uh, you know, just gonna take it easy. Got some work stuff I got to take care of, but just you know, relax. New Year, year, guys. Any uh, movies to watch? I I mean, you know, you know, there's nothing to watch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sad that we can't watch Dune again because I would have taken you up on that offer, Mo, to go see it. I am, I am also sad about that. That would have been nice. Today was a good day, weather-wise. First of all, yeah. Third time's a charm. For me, um. For me, the, it's basically going to go like this. One, we've mentioned the we mentioned the COVID update, and it kind of comes full circle for me as well. I mentioned that I helped out at one of the Toronto-run vaccine clinics over the summer, and with everything that's happened, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on which view you want to take, I've been called back to it. So I'm actually going to be helping out at the clinics again beginning this week. But before then, and that's happy, I guess, but even more happily, um, after this taping tonight or before the weekend is over, I'll finally actually open up the PS5. Sorry, Kevin, looks like the Spider-Man challenge isn't going to happen. So you're going to officially uh, christen that beast, huh? Yeah, christen the the other big thing. this is also the maiden voyage for the uh, new computer that we're recording the show on. So hopefully uh, it comes out sounding good to our listeners out there. But yeah, the uh, PS5 will finally um, be cracked open, hopefully before the end of this weekend. And I'll get to get a chance to actually understand and transfer the uh, PS4 stuff into it. So it's going to be Yakuza? Well, I'll, I'll probably start with. Uh, I'll probably put Yakuza in there, and then maybe I'll give, maybe I'll give Scott Pilgrim a whirl. Scott yeah. Pilgrim, you get sixty frames per second, uh, no matter what. But I figured you were going to give Yakuza a whirl and maybe get a full sixty and see how it goes. Did you yeah, beat so. Kiwami too, Mike? I haven't even started Kiwami. Oh, too. Yeah, I thought you had was... started Kiwami too, and then you just didn't get around. No, to finishing had, it. I never. Not... I, I had not started it yet. I had not started. I yet. think That's... you finished zero. You finished, I think, Kiwami, Kiwami one, 
I finished you that. You were going to get to two. Oh, you did play zero first. Okay. Because I, I could have sworn you played two Yakuza games. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was going in chronological order. Oh, okay. And I didn't and I didn't start any of them in 2021 because the focus was here. And, and other things. But, uh, you know, keep in mind, uh, keep in mind, these things are set to be on, uh, on Twitch, hopefully, in the near, very near future. And you can educate uh, other so, people about Twitch, right? Just like uh, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, well, I, I'm still learning, but maybe I know just only just a little bit more than him. I, 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 I would say I'm pretty sure I, his will catch him up. I would say that there will be quite a, a few people this week that'll help some people own a, again with that fact because uh, AGDQ uh, Awesome Games Done Quick is happening uh, this week for the January 9th till uh, the end of uh, the week as usual, which is January uh, 15th. And so it'll be fun to see some speed running games and stuff like that. And they always do great stuff for charities. I think they hit what was it, 2.9 million for the summer games done quick last time for um, Doctors Without Borders, and that's one of their biggest charities fundraising for them. And then for this next one, for uh, the one they do every January, it's Prevent uh, Cancer Foundation, and supposedly that's a big help uh, for them, so they're hoping to break uh, 3 million to help mm-hmm. people uh, get those donations in to see some great uh, speedrunning. There's something to look forward to. Is it going to be on Twitch? As usual. Okay, because you know what's interesting to me now is I'm starting to hear about how Facebook gaming is trying to buy out people and buy out streamers. Yeah, so I learned that uh, one of my favorite Age of Empire 2 streamers t90 he got paid out by facebook gaming to go on his so he's now going to stream on their platform exclusively and apparently yeah he got paid out to migrate over there and can't blame the man nope because i heard it was a seven figure i heard it was seven figures I, I, I'm not gonna I, say it. I'm not gonna say it. I just, I just played the sound effect. That's it. All and I can say is know that we know it. what happened uh, with Microsoft and Mixer, right? So exactly. Like this we'll is see what happens with Zuckerberg and uh, Facebook gaming. We'll see, but they might especially have a better because, especially because as a streamer, you don't know how long you're really gonna last. So, yeah, and why wait? You take the payout now. You want me to play that sound again? Well, hit it, hit it twice there, Mike. Hit it there twice. <laughs> As they say, the ecosystems change so much, right? About what uh, can happen on a f- platform, and you hear about the quote-unquote metas. We've heard about the hot tub meta. I think the meta now is about watching uh, in the just television. chatting different television or old cartoons with uh, your. Uh, watchers and stuff like that and supposedly that got uh was it pokimane uh, got yeah, that, yeah, that, actually showed the avatar uh, on the screen while she was watching where others do the smart thing where it's just them on the screen and they all watch together on different platforms you don't so they don't with, get hit with the dmc you don't fuck with viacom everyone knows this don't fuck with viacom they will come for your family and your throats 
I mean, Pokemane's just uh, another casualty of the war there, guys. It's a temporary. What happened to her? She got seen. We'll she about- got DC out. She got DMC'd. We'll talk, we'll talk about Twi- it off. Banned off Twitter for a bit. Oh, yeah, banned off for Twitter okay. for Twitch for Twitch for 48 hours because yeah. of showing content. That, uh, oh, if it's only for two days. Well, what you know. One strike, though. One strike. Yeah. Oh, we're we're still looking for our strikes here. That's the thing. Well, we'll that's why it. you don't play like longer than five second clips of different shows now. And no, but like they're doing things where they'll just like watch eps- episodes of TV shows, like like Master Chef or or stuff like that, and just like watch season after season after season, and just expect it like you know nothing's gonna happen. But then at the same time, if you're the company that you know DMCs or copy claims that type of shit, like. That's that's dumb too, right? Mm-hmm. That's why it'll be interesting to see how this meta will fare because I think some of them are smart enough. They know you can't just be showing that on the screen with your face and stuff like that. You have to actually have it off screen while doing the reactions to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, there's your thought. But I think we're, I think we've said enough already tonight. Look at the time. <laughs> Well, that's it. We, there, trust us, we, there, we can talk about a lot of other stuff, but I think we should end it for now. So that's all we have for tonight. First time watching or listening? Once again, AnimeRoundtable at gmail.com, at AnimeRoundtable, AnimeRoundtable.com. And don't forget, we're also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash AnimeRoundtable, and on YouTube with more stuff to come in the future. Also, don't forget about the Facebook group as well. And also, don't forget to give us a review wherever you're enjoying this, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the like, because good reviews will always help us in getting more listeners to stumble onto us. Give us those five-star reviews, please. And it would mean a lot to us if you do. It only takes one or two presses of your thumb on the screen Strangely, we've gotten another uh, another review on uh, on Apple Podcast. Thanks uh, to whoever did that. Does it say who it is? Nope. Really? Thanks. Thanks a lot, Kevin. I don't use Apple Podcasts, by the way, so it was not me. We typically do regular episodes every other week, but we do try to add stuff whenever we can on our other platforms. So hit the subscribe or follow button on all the platforms we're on so you can be notified whenever we add something new for your enjoyment. The theme song is entitled Fubuki by Pico, which I believe will be the title track of her upcoming album. So check out more of her music at PicoInfinity.com or on her Facebook group, Pico Zen Music. Until next time, thanks for listening. Join us again for another edition of the Anime Round.